When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. A record number of short positions in the paper gold market among hedge funds. That's what I want to talk about in this video today. Um, this was an article that was actually shared over on Zero Hedge, written by a Mike Shedlock via Mish Talk. Okay, um, and it's talking about hedge funds and and their short position in the gold market has reached a record high just in this last week, um, you know, in, in all their records dating back to 2006. Now, this is what's interesting about this. We, we know that these paper markets are always growing larger and larger. Derivative markets are always growing larger and larger until eventually they become unsustainable, right? That the actual um, underlyings for all of these different derivatives is, is too small of a ratio that you know, it makes them more and more prone to to collapse. But so it's not surprising to see a, a I guess an ever increasing you know record number of shorts or longs or or derivatives in period in in any market these days because markets are becoming more and more paper based or or more accurately I guess digitally based. Um, now, what is interesting about this is if you compare these short positions to the current price of gold. That's where things get interesting. We know that, you know, we're seeing it today again as I record this video. Gold has been hammered over the last month or two. You know, uh, back in uh, middle of June, gold was kind of right around that 1300 level and it's kind of hanging out there. Um, and then it was hammered down. And again, and again, and again. Um, and there's different reasons for that in correlation with, with the strength or, or weakness, I should say, of the Chinese yuan and, and some strong dollar policy and some other stuff. But anyways, um, it's been hammered down to, you know, as I speak, right around 12.24.50, kind of in that ballpark. Um, and that's interesting that these bearish bets by hedge funds are at a record level after gold has dropped so much. Um, and, and you know what it tells me is that hedge funds are, 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 are stupid. That's a simple way of putting it. Hedge funds and many of the managers, I'm sure, are far, far more intelligent people than I am. With that being said, when you see these types of positions being opened up in the futures markets by this so-called what they'd call like managed money, um, it's usually a signal that prices could be heading the other way, right? Not, not always. Hedge funds are right some of the time, um, but they also can be very wrong. You know, a, a good example of this would be um, back in 2017, over the last 12 months, the record amount of long positions in the gold market was recorded on September 12th, 2017, okay? The price of gold around that time, let's look here on this chart, was you know around thirteen hundred and thirty dollars? Okay, record long position. Well, can you guess what the price of gold was? Or you can guess what direction it went? Um, you know, about a month later. You know, by the beginning of October, by by you know around October fourth, 
Gold was under 1300 is around 1270. Now it rebounded a bit, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not going to go and get into the whole price history, but you know, the takeaway here is that a lot of times what these managed money, what this hedge fund will do is either they'll pile onto this, this trend type of trade or when, 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 when a metal moves one way, they'll pile onto that trade and, and build a massive long, or in some cases, short position. Usually it's long for silver and gold over the last couple of years, but sometimes short. Um, and then they'll be wrong. And, and it's not necessarily entirely their fault. I, I shouldn't say that they're stupid. Um, now, now in this case, shorting gold, probably not the brightest thing considering how much it's dropped lately. But when they go long gold or go long silver, I get it. I get their bull case, their, their case for, for silver or gold going up and, and making bets in that direction. Um, the problem here is they don't control the market right? In fact, a lot of times it's the people that are on the opposite side of that bet. You know, if, if, if they're buying um, call options, right? Um, it's the people selling those call options that are controlling the markets. And a lot of times that's the bullion banks, right? In the case of the silver market, it would be, you know, JP Morgan. Um, those are the ones that, that oftentimes are, have much more control over the market. They know where it's heading. Uh, at least they know where the price is heading, you know, that's that's a very you know bare minimum of what we can say about these um, bullion banks and and commercials. Um, at at the most, we can say that they're they have complete control over the price or, or or significant control over the price. And so so if you see these hedge funds going long, and of course they're not going to let the price go up. In this case, a record short position in the gold markets. Now there there is some reason to believe that they could actually be right this time around, right? That the price could actually go down. And, and the reason for that, you know, goes back to the gold markets um, over the last month or so and, and why they've been dropping. A big reason for it has been the currency markets, namely the dollar and the Chinese yuan. Okay. Dollar has strengthened somewhat, you know, over the last month or as a whole, you know, as some of these other currencies have fallen. Um, but, but the big one, that, that I think a lot of people are watching is the Chinese yuan. Um, yeah, looking at a chart here for, for the dollar, you know, the, the dollar has gone up quite a bit since May. You know, it was around 90, the DXY index, you know, briefly topped 95, kind of in that range. Um, the Chinese yuan, though, has been crashing as of late. Been significant devaluation over the last month, month and a half, really dating back to when this trade war started. I don't think it's all a trade war. I've talked about this in past videos. I don't think it's all the trade war. Some of it's trade war. Some of it's just that China's economy is not doing well and they have to ease monetary conditions, thus driving down their currency. Um, but their currency does continue to be um, devalued. And, you know, I actually read this this interesting article the other day, uh, yesterday, actually, by, by Jim Rickards over on Zero Hedge. And he's talking about China's um, nuclear option. Of course, their nuclear option being their reserves, their, their currency reserves, their treasury reserves. And how that nuclear option is not something they're likely going to use because A, it would probably strengthen their currency. B, if they dumped a bunch of treasury bonds, it would it would affect the value of their remaining uh, treasury reserves. Um, and that more likely what they're going to do is look to devalue their currency. And, you know, I, I, I tend to agree. Now, the, the number that Jim was putting out, 25% devaluation of the yuan to counteract the effect of... Um, U.S. tariffs and to effectively place a massive tariff on imported goods from the United States. 
That's what the number he kind of threw out. Do I think that the China that China is going to devalue their yuan by 25%? No, I, I don't think so. Uh, that that would be pretty safe. I'm not saying it's outside the realm of possibility. And, and you know, over a long term, sure, I could totally see the yuan going to, you know, nine to one, even 10 to one, you know, versus the dollar. Um, do I think that that this current devaluation is going to accelerate and, and progress another 25%? No. If that happened, well, you know, if, if it follows this trend, we could expect gold to drop by another 25%. And, and you know, we can do some quick math here. What's 75% of, of the current price of, we'll use 12.25? That's on gold under $1,000. You know, the number I'm coming up here is $918.75, right? And, and if you work that out for silver, if we use fifteen fifty right now, that sends silver down to the eleven dollar and sixty two point five cents. I don't think they're heading that low, and I don't think the Chinese yuan is heading that low. With that being said, they certainly could devalue it more. Five percent, I think, is reasonable. Another five percent devaluation um, of the yuan, in addition to what they've current, what they've uh, you know already done, I think that's very reasonable. Uh, likely, I think. Um, especially considering their economic conditions. Um, and so, you know, in this case, hedge funds could be betting in the right way, in the right direction. Um, but I don't know, because we, again, we have to ask ourselves, do do those that are that are on the other side of this bet, um, do they know something that we don't know, that, that hedge funds don't know? Uh, and so, you know, if, if we're just going to look at the gold market, this massive short position, you know, maybe this tells us something about the, the devaluation of the yuan. You know, maybe this devaluation is going to be over pretty soon. And, and China pretty soon here, the People's Bank of China, they're going to say, you know, we either with verbally or with other statements that, you know, they're, they're, they're going to stop devaluing or stop allowing it to, to fall. So um, that's the gold market. Uh, I did want to talk about the silver market here as well. Um, again, it's still lagging you know uh, the price of silver today is uh, down just like it uh, just like the price of gold is down currently as i talk fifteen dollars and forty cents an ounce still i think a great value at that price um still kind of remaining low for, for those of you guys that are taking your time on, on on putting in some orders for for new physical not a bad time you know it could drop lower as a as a discussion i just made there about you know if the chinese yuan drops more silver could go lower um, but you know that that remains to be seen. Um, looking at the paper markets, uh, not not a whole lot going on, you know, in my opinion, um, as far as the the uh, commitment of, of future traders. Um, you know, hedge funds. You know, if we look at this here, um, hedge funds are net short. Not not a not a new story, I guess, for for silver as of late. Um, and I don't know that the paper markets for for silver, you know, not not all that remarkable as of late, you know. Um, it, it was pretty remarkable that earlier this year, uh, hedge funds actually took out a mass, uh, pretty significant. I, I don't know if massive is the right word, pretty significant short position in silver, and and commercials were actually long, and 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 you know, that that led me to believe that you know silver is going to go up quite a bit. It, it didn't. It didn't. Um, it, it stayed in a pretty tight trading range throughout that before eventually dropping uh, more recently. And so, you know, I got to think that, that you know, there's there's still not a whole lot of upside right now over the short term, next couple of weeks for silver and gold. Um, I think at the very least, they, they could make an attempt to to recover to maybe $12.50 for gold and, and $16 for silver. I think that's first things first. 
Um, but, you know, there, I talked about this in one of my past videos. Um, part of me is almost hoping that they don't do that. Part of me is hoping that, that the yuan goes down by, you know, 5, 10. You know, if it went down by 25%, like Jim Rickard suggested, wow, you know, what, what a blessing that would be for those of us that are still buying, you know, silver around 12 bucks an, an ounce and, and gold, you know, potentially around 1,000 or lower. Um, that, that would be insane. And, uh, well, there'd be quite a buying spree and, and those low prices would be, you know, corrected by well, low prices because of the demand that would ensue and the production issues. Um, I still don't see that happening. Uh, $14 range, I think, is becoming increasingly possible for silver. Um, gold potentially dropping under 1200 um, But beyond that, still unlikely in my opinion. Still, yeah, no, I don't see it happening. I won't rule it out. You know, people are still expecting this massive drop like we had in 2008. And I'm still not sold in the idea that we're going to have it this time around. I'm, I, I, no, I'm not. But um, I guess that's my take on it. You know, make these decisions for yourself. I know some people are saying that, you know, they're still holding out. They want it to drop to 12 or 14 or $10 an ounce before they're going to get into the markets. They're playing a risky game. Um, I get it. That is cheap. And, and, and you know, if you, if you had that opportunity back in 2008, you could actually get your hands on physical silver without a massive premium. That would have worked out well for you. Um, but, you know, we have to remember, you know, it's a risky game, especially if you don't already have physical. And, uh, you know, there, the, the, the downside for silver and gold is um, it's, it's up for debate over the short term how much more they're going to drop. It's like I said, it's risky betting on them dropping significantly um, to, to where it really makes a major difference over the long run, buying at 10 or $12 an ounce rather than, you know, 15 or 1550. Um, but, but the long-term, uh, I guess, bull case for, for silver and gold remain extremely strong, right? Um, limited downside, uh, very significant upside, right? That's, it's been the case for silver and gold for a long time now. Um, and so, you know, keep that in mind, you know, hang on and, and wait till it drops to 12 or 14 or $13 an ounce. Or do I buy now and, and just know that, you know, it's not a bad price and that it's probably going to go up by quite a bit in the future. And, and there's also a question of, you know, if it does drop to $8, $10 an ounce, are you going to be able to get your hands on? Let's say you have um, 20000 you know, stocked away. It's just your cash savings. And you say, I'll put it into precious metals once it drops to $12 an ounce. Um what if you can't get it at $12 an ounce? What if the premiums are still placing at $15, $16, $17 an ounce? It's, you know, it, it could backfire. So, you know, that's my thoughts on all this. Um, one final thing I want to talk about in this video today, and this is important, stay tuned for this part because this affects you guys directly. If you watch my channel, if you, if you, are, if you consider yourself a consumer, a part of this alternative media here on YouTube and elsewhere, um, this week has been a wake-up call for the alternative media, wake-up call for myself here on YouTube. Uh, a very large channel by the name of SGT Report, run by a guy by the name of Sean. Um, Sean's a guy that I would consider a friend of mine. Um, the channel was taken down. It was removed by YouTube. This is a channel of over 300,000 subscribers, over 1,000 videos uh, that he did or, or interviews that he did with other people. Uh, removed, deleted. It did not exist anymore. Now, the reason that YouTube gave for this was, well, they, they didn't, first of all. It, YouTube operates on a three-strike system for channels. Um, there's, I, I think it has to do with copyright as well as community rules. 
I don't know all the ins and outs of it. I've never received a strike. Um, and it, I should place it more on my radar uh, now in light of recent events. Anyways, he had two strikes. He received the third one without any notice, without any explanation. They didn't tell him what video it was on or whatever. All of a sudden, um, his channel was did not exist anymore. Now, thankfully, there was a massive outpouring of support, outrage, whatever you want to call it, against YouTube asking them to reinstate the channel. And it was reinstated. I don't know if they gave a reason for why it was taken down or anything like that. Uh, maybe Sean will give more details on that in the future. So the channel's back up. Um, but you know, it was a wake-up call. I, I get it. YouTube's a private corporation. I do believe in their rights to decide what they want to and what they don't want to have on their platform. I'm not in favor of regulating YouTube or regulating social media or anything like that. I'm not. With that being said, was it right for them to do that? No, absolutely not, right? And, and us as consumers, or in my case, uh, I guess maybe a partner of YouTube, whatever you want to call it, um, I think we have every right and in some cases responsibility to speak up in these cases. Um, it, it was a wake-up call. And that's the, it's not the only one that I've heard. You know, this was not censorship by the government. It was by YouTube. Um, but I do believe that that's what it was. It was not random targeting of Sean's channel. I think it was... Um, purposeful, you know, censorship. Uh, another one that I kind of saw blurb about today. Um, and remember, this this goes back to to defending the rights of people that we don't necessarily agree with. Infowars, not a channel I frequent. Um, Alex Jones is an interesting guy, and and I'll leave it at that. I just don't watch his channel, you know. Um, but I do respect his right to to speak his opinion, and I believe that YouTube should tolerate his opinions and his ideas. Um, his channel received their second strike, you know, on the brink of potentially being deleted. The outcry from that would be pretty large too because his, he's had a fairly large channel. Um, another interesting case, not here on YouTube, um, but but something that's kind of transpired over the last week or so. There is a guy, and this is interesting. This will blow your mind once I get into the details of this. So pay attention. There's a guy by the name of Montana Skeptic. He's done some interviews here on YouTube, but He's mostly known for his work on Twitter. He's got a Twitter account as well as Seeking Alpha. He he writes a he wrote a ton of articles over on Seeking Alpha. And his notable position, primarily what he was known for, in what you might want to call the alternative media, was his bearish position on Tesla. Huge critic of the car company Tesla, as well as Elon Musk. You know, he's a nice guy, not an inflammatory figure by any means, but his opinions. Um, many people very much disagreed with them because, you know, there's there's a huge fan base around the company Tesla and Elon Musk. People see him as, you know, a savior as, as you know, the next, uh, uh, I don't know, Jeff Bezos or, or, I don't know, Bill Gates or something like that. He's, he's, he's like Jesus to some of these people. Um, and, and, you know, Montana Skeptic was quite a bit of a, a critic of his and, and of the company. Well, anyways... Um, he, you know, he deleted his Twitter account recently and he made a post over on Seeking Alpha saying that he was going to basically be stepping out of the public light under this name, Montana Skeptic. Basically what happened was that a whole bunch of Tesla fans, a whole mob of these fans, um, they, they went to his Twitter page. They probably said mean words. That's probably nothing new to him. But but something else that somebody did is they 
did what you'd call doxing him. You know, that's the term. Basically, they found out his identity, who he works for. You know, and he was, you know, he never named the company, but he said he did work for a very large asset management company. They outed him, said, hey, this company has huge holdings of oil, which oil companies, which I don't know. I think there's a lot of asset companies that hedge funds, et cetera, that own Exxon stock or something like that. And that's probably the weak connection that they made. But anyways, uh, maybe there's more connection, maybe not. But uh, his, his, regardless of his connections, which I think he doesn't have significant ones, but even if there were significant connections to the oil market, his, his bear case for Tesla was still rock solid. Anyways, they doxed him, they outed him. Um, and, and where this gets really interesting is that the reason that he gave for deleting his uh, Twitter and stepping down from his job at Seeking Alpha, his independent job of writing articles for them, was that Elon Musk, the CEO of Tesla, of a, of a massive company, at least if you look at the stock valuation, called Montana Skeptic's boss and complained. And that's why he stepped down. I, I assume he still has his job there at the asset management firm, but he, he called him in and he complained. Elon Musk, um, that's that's in the gray zone of, of being legal or not. You know, Do you want to call that extortion? Do you want to call that threats or I don't know. Um, certainly not ethical by any means of, of Elon Musk or whatever. And, and I think we're going to see this increasingly in the future. This is not just government that we have to worry about this this censorship from. We have to worry about from from private companies, private individuals, even if they have the right to to do some of this, like YouTube removing a channel, even if they have the right to do that, um, that doesn't mean it's okay. It doesn't mean it's ethical. And it doesn't mean that we should keep our mouths shut. So um, we, we honestly do, guys, we, we, we need you guys now more than ever here in the alternative media. Do I, do I place myself in the same ballpark as um, Montana Skeptic even, or uh, Sean from the SGT report? or Alex Jones, certainly not. You know, relatively small operation here on YouTube at this point. I have aspirations to grow much, much larger, but relatively small right now. Um, do, do I feel that that I am uh, in danger? Is my is my safety at risk? No, probably not. Um, do I feel at risk of my channel being deleted anytime soon? The possibility exists, but probably not. But demonetization is a very real concern. Right, and as much as I love doing this, I do put a ton of time into this. I'm a busy guy, and and you know, monetization of this channel is kind of a big deal through ad revenue and stuff. And and I think YouTube is going to be increasingly um, more more liberal with their use, both both in politically and and with the, uh, the amount of times that they use that demonetization of channels for political reasons. Uh, this is a concern of mine, um, and so I, I do thank you guys for your support, and I would encourage you. You don't have to. Check out my Patreon page. You don't have to give. I, I'm thankful for you guys watching this video in the first place and subscribing, et cetera, et cetera. But consider, you know, I only have, I have, I have over 11,000 subs right now. Only five patrons over on Patreon. Um, if you guys don't know what it is, it's a, it's a way to support channels on a monthly basis for as little as a dollar a month. Um, and five for as large as my channel, um, you know, that's less than one per 2,000 people. Probably because I don't talk about it a lot. It's 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 kind of weird for me sometimes to ask for money. Um, but but that type of crowdfunding, you know, you, you have to think of it this way. Am I delivering you value? I know I have people that watch every one of my videos, you know, over, you know, that's a couple hours of your time each week. Am I delivering, delivering you guys value? And if the answer is yes, 
um, would you consider supporting my channel, right? Supporting this and so that this project, this Silver Fortune channel is sustainable and, and more and more independent of the influences of YouTube and their ad revenue or whatever other, you know, funding or, or time considerations. Um, consider it. Uh, and, and certainly don't feel obligated to, but, but I would very much appreciate it. And, and actually, you know, if you do check it out, there's some pretty cool perks there as well. You know, I'm still waiting on a new patron to come on for August for, for my August, um, patron interview. You know, I pick one each month and, and I have, I still have to line one up for August. And so honestly, the next person that signs up is going to fill that position. Um, so consider it um otherwise though i mean just watching and, and subscribing i i appreciate that but but uh you know it's been a wake-up call and and you know we do need your guys' support now more than ever so as always thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video for watching my channel and god bless